All right, if you would, take your Bibles and turn with me to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13, and when you get to Exodus chapter 13, put your finger on verse 3. We will stand and read together just a few verses in just a minute. Exodus chapter 13. If you're using that pew Bible, you can turn to page 75 in your pew Bible. Now, it's amazing how there were so many. Mark Kelly, thank you so much for sitting on the front row. You know, we had all these graduates up on the front row, and then once the recognition happened and the worship began, they all scattered. And, and I'm finding you one by one because I want to talk with you today, but I don't want us church to ever get confused. We don't ever get together to hear a word that's just meant for somebody. Every time we open up God's word, it is meant for all of us who seek him. And that's what we're doing today. You know, I've had some pretty important days in my life. And this week, I took some time to write some of them down. May the 13th, 1965. I don't remember it well, but that's the day I was born. Yes, for those of you who are doing the math, how old is he? How old is he? He'll be 56 in 11 days, okay? So we've got that out of the way. September 12th, 1976. That's the day I prayed to receive Jesus as my Savior. May 30th, 1983. That's the day I graduated from high school. Mark Kelly, that's 38 years ago, just so I'm helping you do the math right here, okay? May the 6th, 1987. I, that's the day I graduated from college. And if you didn't know that, I graduated from college with a degree in accounting, believe it or not. April 3rd, 1988, my first date with Angela was a Sunday night. December 17th, 1988, that's the day Angela and I got married. April 24th, 1992, that's the day that Caleb was born. March the 15th, 1995, that's the day that Micah was born. August the 5th, 2007, that's the day that I was struck by lightning. Now, if you've known me a while, you know that day. We've talked about that day. And if some of you are going, I didn't know that about you. Well, that entire testimony is on our church website. You go to the website, you go under testimonies, you click into testimonies, and you find the one that says Jeff on it. And it'll be a part of that if you want to hear more about that. That was October, I mean, August 5th, 2007. October 17th, 2020. Nope. October 17th, 2010. I got my dates wrong. That's the day that the Lord called me full-time into the ministry. And on that next day, on a Monday, October the 18th, 2010, that's the day I quit my job because God called me into the ministry. May the 18th, 2013, that's the day I graduated from college again. It's a lot of difference between 1987 and 2013. And in April 1st, 2014, the day I became pastor of First Baptist Church. I was on staff, but that's the day that I began as senior pastor. So yes, we are in our eighth year, really early in the eighth year, but we're in our eighth year together. And one final day today, you know, I read in Scripture, and I'm reminded every day, this, this is the day that the Lord has made. 
we will rejoice and be glad in it. That is Psalms 118, verse 24. Now, I know that you have experienced many important days, and the Lord desires to make each day important as we seek living Him. I want to encourage you, take time to think about those days, those milestone markers in your life, those days that have changed your life. And if you're on the younger end of Jeff, just know that there are more days coming, and I'm expecting more to come in my own life as well. Today, you know, we've already taken time to honor our high school graduates. You've seen them, you've seen their slide, and as you see them in and around the church and community, just pray for them and encourage them because this is a big day. You know, God is good. I was blown away on Monday morning. I walked in, I'm going, I know this is Senior Recognition Sunday morning, so should I pull off from our study through the book of Exodus and go do something specific, or should I just keep plowing through Exodus? And God said, you don't have to make that choice. I have you right where I want you to be, and Exodus and Senior Graduation are all going to come together today in Scripture. God is just awesome in his providence. You know, we've talked about the Lord's providence, how he doesn't just know it, he sees to it. He brings it to pass. All of those days in my life, I didn't see them coming, but the Lord did. Graduating seniors, you've been waiting for this day. God's known about it all along. And this is a big day that God wants to use in your life. But church, remember, I'm not just talking to our graduates today. We all have milestone days. We all have these moments. We all have God seeking after us. So I want you to be looking for God and how he wants to move in your life this morning. I ask you to stand with me. We're going to read from Exodus chapter 13. We're going to read verses 3 through 10. And you're going, okay, so God has told you that we are going to merge our study in Exodus with recognizing a graduate. Well, let's see what God has for us today. Exodus chapter 13, picking up in verse 3, it said, And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. On this day you are going out in the month of Abib, and it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, that which he swore to your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and no leavened bread shall be seen among you, nor, be, nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters. And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt. And it shall be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand the Lord has brought forth you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. Thank you, church. You may be seated. Keep your scripture open. I'll also warn you, if you can see, really, got, I got a pink thing here, and I got a pink thing here, and I got a pink thing here, and I got a pink thing right there. Those are places that we're going to be going. So if you're a note taker, I will try to tell you what to write down. I've already got them marked 
So you don't need, we're not going to take time to turn to them as much as I'm going to give you a chance to write that down and I'm going to talk about it for just a moment. So Exodus chapter 13, look at verse 3. It says, you shall remember this day. Now let's talk about it. The 10 plagues have occurred. Pharaoh and the Egyptian people have begged, as God said they would, the children of Israel to leave. Exodus chapter 12, verse 36 says that when the children of Israel leave, they are leaving with the spoils of Egypt, for they have asked the people and they have given them great goods. Israel is now free. They're beginning their journey. Verse 3 says, for by strength of hand, the Lord has brought you out of this place. God has saved them from slavery. Now, it's been 38 years ago since I graduated high school, but I know that that day didn't get here soon enough. I was ready to be free. And that graduation day felt like I was being set free. Now, our graduates, they may not be the amening type, but I think they might be the agreeing type with that statement and that sentiment that I'm talking about. Verse 4 says that on this day, you're going out. But note in verse 5, it says, And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land, the land that he promised. Can I tell you this? And I'm going to say this probably three times today, but I'm hoping that you're going to remember it far greater than that. The Lord never saves you from something without also saving you for something. Did you catch that? The Lord never saves you from something without also having plans of what he's saving you to do. And so while graduation or many other milestones in our lives seem like days that bring an end to something, not with God. With God, endings always bring beginnings, always bring opportunities. You see, the land, this land is called Canaan. And Scripture teaches us in this verse 5, it's also the land, and you get used to this phrase for just a second, also the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, this is also called the promised land. Now, I'm going to create today a new word, and I can because I create new words all the time. You guys know that. I can, I can torture the English language. I make up my own things. You know, I say God is gooder and gooder all the time, right? And some of you are going, yeah, he is. And some of you are going, you can't talk like that. But today I want to warn you, I'm creating a new word, but it's not the first time. But before I tell you the new word I'm going to create, let me tell you a word that my family's already created. We did this a number of years ago. It's the word Jackam, J-A-C-M. You're going, what's that mean? Well, it stands for Jeff, Angela, Caleb, and Micah. Writing that at the end of gifts over and over and over again in families was just a little bit too much. So we would write the word, we love you, Jackham, and everybody in our family knew that Jackham stands for Jeff, Angela, Caleb, and Micah. Still does. We're having to figure out how to squeeze in an L and an A for Laura and Addie. We're working on that. Because somehow the C and the L sort of have to be together in our words, so we're going to have to figure all that out. But we've made this work. But today I want to give you a new word. 
charge. C-H-A-H-J. Yeah, you're going to write that down. C-H-A-H-J. Charge. Jerry, I think of you when I see this word, charge, because Jerry's from Massachusetts, and when he's going to use, so he's going to charge something, he charge. Say it about like that. Jerry's got this. But the word is charge. Now, let me spell it to you again. C-H-A-H-J. It comes from taking the first letter of the five peoples currently in Canaan. Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, Jebusites. And we're going to run into this list of names a bit as we study Exodus for many chapters to go. And so, charge is going to be the new word that we're going to use there. Go ahead, try it. Charge. You can do it. That's good. So, that's our new word. God is leading them from Egypt, but he's also leading them to the promised land, to the place that he promised, to the place where Chodge currently lives. God always keeps his promises. Amen? Joshua 21, 45, which is way at the end of Israel's promised land journey, says, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. Everything came to pass. Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 28, many years later says, the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord. Verse 5, back in Exodus chapter 13 says, this land, the place the Lord is leading you to, is a land flowing with milk and honey. That means that this is a really good place. Do you know that it's always God's desire to lead you to a really good place? Some of you are going, I want to know what God wants for me. Well, Scripture tells us that what God wants for you is good. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 29, I'm going to read verses 11 to 13. You can just write that down, Jeremiah chapter 29. But let me read verses 11 to 13. It says, this is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. He says, for I know the thoughts, some translations say the plans, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now keep going. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Do you know that God has thoughts for you? He has plans for you. Now, right now, if you're a graduating senior, you've got plans. One, you've got plans to officially graduate soon. But then you've got plans into the future. You're beginning to look toward college, and you're beginning to look toward career, and you're beginning to look toward relational changes. You're beginning to look at life. It's brand new. But let me just remind you, God has thoughts for you. God has plans for you. Yes, he does. For you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that they are for peace, for a future, and for hope. And so since God knows the plans he has for you, we should get as close to God as we possibly can. And God taught us in these verses that he says in Jeremiah 29, 12, we should call upon him. 13, we should seek him. 13, we should search for him with all of our heart. It will take, whether you're a graduating senior or whether you're a brand new grandparent, or whether you're anybody in between, both ends. It will take a full heart commitment 
for you to find and recognize and see the plans of God unfold in your life. It'll take your full heart commitment. He has plans for you. Let me say it to you just a couple of different ways as I was writing this down. Living in the will or in the plans of God for your life is, church, the promised land. That's the promised land. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know where we're going because Chodge currently lives there. But we know that God has plans for us, that they are good, and he's promised to get us there. And it's in these moments that we trust him. And so living in the plans and the will that he has for us, that is the promised land. The safest place for you to be in all the world is right in the middle of God's plans for you, right where you want him to be, or right where, you, right where he wants you to be. Another way of putting this is you don't want to be where God doesn't want you to be. And you should absolutely crave and desire to be right where God wants you. Now, that is true whether you're a graduating senior, whether you're leaving elementary school, whether you're graduating into marriage, whether you are into adulthood, whether you're changing jobs, wherever you are in life. God, that is true. You want to be where God wants you to be. Because why? Because God never saves you from something without also saving you for something. He has plans for you. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 13. There was this cool word I saw in verse 2. We didn't read verse 2, but I'd like to read it to you right now. I'm going to read the first word, consecrate. That word just stuck out to me this week. I looked it up. Consecrate, defined, means to devote to a purpose with deep dedication. Verse 5, we read, goes on and says that you shall keep this service. God is saying that if you do what I say, if you keep this service, it will be an act of consecration, an act of devotion, an act of deep dedication. God says you shall keep this, keeping, remembering, staying faithful to, choosing to abide, being committed to, however you want to say that, you could be going, Jeff, how are we to stay devoted? What are we to do? And those are fabulous questions that God gives us answers to right here in Exodus chapter 13. So I want to point out in the next few minutes what at least four things that Exodus 13 shows us that we should do to stay consecrated, to remember, and to stay hungry for God's plans in our life. And again, whether you're graduating or whether you're past that, we're looking forward to that. God is speaking to you right now. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, And no leavened bread shall be seen among you. Now, in Scripture, we can look at a number of verses, but leaven is symbolic of sin in the Bible. One of the ways to stay consecrated to God, to remember and to keep Him in the appropriate place in your life, is to refrain from sin. Now, let me go ahead and give you an old man version, which I think is a scriptural version because the world likes to come up with its own definitions of what sin is. But I want to make sure that you hear it, graduating seniors and church, one more time at least. 
Sin is anything that you think, say, or do that is different than what God would have had you do. Sin is missing the mark, missing the expectation that God has for you in a particular situation. Sin is missing God's standard, not our standard. You see, we're tempted in life once we get free, set free, to begin to think that we can now set our own standard. Church, we can't do that. God is the standard setter. Sin is when we miss God's plan, God's standard. Consecrated people run to God and run from sin. Remember how I said God never saves you from something without causing you to be saved for something? God says, I've I've saved you from sin, now you run to me. Now, if you're making notes here, let me give you another uh, a verse. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Did you see that? Temptation is going to come. There will be opportunities in your life to sin. But God's word says that we all face those temptations and that if we will seek God, Jeremiah speaking with all of our heart and run to him, that a way of escape is provided to us in scripture. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 should be a verse that not only should our high school graduates write down, they should memorize it, they should quote it. They should have it on the end of their tongue every single day because temptation is coming. Church, it's coming to you too. And God says, I will provide a way of escape. I will provide a way of escape. Consecrated people, they ask God to do what David did in Psalm 139. In Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, David says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. A person who is consecrated, a person who is after the good, the plans that God has for them, says, God, I want to be an open book. You see anything in my life that's not what you want. You point it out. And I want to let go of it because I want to seek you with all my heart. So sin, need to refrain from sin if we're going to be consecrated. Verse 8 tells us, back in Exodus 13, says that you shall tell your son, paraphrase Jeff, God did this. Whatever it is, God did this. That's your testimony. If you know Jesus, you have been slave, you have been saved from slavery. But you have also been saved to the promised land, to the purposes of God for your life. You must be an effective witness for God. It is God that has brought you this far, and it is God that will see you through to the end, whatever the end is in your life. Consecrated people know that it is God and not them that brings about the things in their lives that it is God who has delivered them, and as such, they are excited to walk in this world and say, God did this, God did this, 
You see, I want our graduating seniors to rewrite the definition of success. I want you guys to show what success used to be by succeeding at a higher level. Church, that's what I want for you as well. But the only way that we're going to be able to do that is if we let God do this. And all through life we go, see the success I have? God did this. God did this. God did this. God says, you want to stay consecrated to me? You recognize that it's me who has the plans. It's me who delivered you from slavery. It's me that's delivering you for something. It's me that does it. And we're that testimony and sharing. You know, some of our graduates are probably going to a campus that's away. They're going to meet people that they may or may not know. You're going to get a chance to get to know people all through college and all through life. Don't forget to tell them that you're a child of God. Don't forget to tell them, God did this. And that's a challenge for our high school seniors to be that bold. Because church, they don't see us, the ones having gone before them, nearly as excited about saying God did this as we should be. So there's a challenge for all of us right there. God did this. Verse nine talks about the third thing. It says, the Lord's law says a sign on your hands and as a memorial between your eyes. Two and a half years ago, Angela and I were in Israel and we literally saw men walking around in their robe and in their tunics and their garb, but they had these trinkets on their hands, they had these markings on their hands and they had these boxes hanging between their eyes. And when you take time to understand what that is, that's the word of God. That's the law of God that they believe and took the scripture so seriously that that makes that something that they cannot forget. They carry it with them every single day. And God tells them in this scripture, my law shall be a sign on your hands and a memorial in your eyes. Our reminder is that consecrated people know and value the word of God. You must spend time in the word of God Daily, church daily, graduate daily. You must give the word of God, not just daily time, but you must give it the authority in your life that it deserves. God's word is capable of leading you the way God wants you to be led. Now I wanna go one other place. Psalm 37, I want to read verses 3 through 5 of Psalm 37. You can write that down. It says, Psalm 37, verse 3 through 5 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Did you notice in there, and I've talked about this before, but I could not talk about it again this Sunday. Do you know we read that scripture wrong? We're going, if we delight in the Lord, he'll let us have what we want. That's not what that scripture says. What that scripture says is that if we delight in the Lord, if we trust him, seek him, if we let him be in charge of us, he will then flood our lives with the desires, the plans, the good things that he has for us, and they will overwhelm our hearts, and they will become our desires because we will want what God wants in our lives. That's Psalm 37. Three through five, God will give you the desires of your heart, what he wants for you to have in your heart 
as you trust and delight in him. Consecrated people spend time daily in God's word and they allow it to lead them. And number four, verse 10 says, you shall keep this from year to year. Do you know that consecrated people are consistent people? Consecrated people are constant people. Consecrated people are committed people. Seeking the Lord begins with a daily walk and dependence, but it also never ends. Now, Kenny, with his youth, has probably shared this, and this is not going to be new to you either, but do you know that for many of our high school graduates, statistics show as much as 87% of them, they will never be as faithful in church ever again because they got delivered from Egypt, but they never allowed God to lead them to the promised land. And they're wandering. They're in the wilderness still. They're wandering. High school senior about to graduate. College student in this room. Young child hearing my voice. Adult of any age. God never saves us from something without saving us for something. He has purposes and plans for you, and we must allow him to finish it. And if we back out of this, you'll get stuck in the wilderness. You'll be tempted to fall away. But it takes an ongoing relationship, one that does not end. I am more dependent upon God now. I'm realizing this than when I graduated high school. I am more dependent upon God today than any other important day that I listed to you and every other important day in my life that I didn't list. My life absolutely depends upon God's goodness. That's not Jeff patting Jeff on the back. That's me finally going, oh, I figured it out. And what I want you to do is whether you're 17, 18, graduating high school or whatever age you are, let's have that moment. Oh, God saved me for something. I want to run after him to gain that. If you want God's plans to come to pass in your life, if you want the promised land, if you want God's help in kicking out charge, you're gonna need to stay intentional about letting God be your number one priority every day for the rest of your life. Amen, church? Summary, run from sin. Share about God's goodness, your testimony. Give God's word the authority in your life. Stay focused every day on making God number one. You see, Philippians 1, 6 says this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, delivering you from slavery, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me say it one more time, just in case I've been unclear. God never saves you from something without also saving you for something. This is a big day. Graduation is a big day. but God wants to use it as the launching pad of many more big days. Now, I graduated 38 years ago. 
Do you know God still has big days planned for me? As he does for you. Amen.